So they keep studying us and we haven't had the same luxury to go around studying them. So given this asymmetry of knowledge, we are not yet ready to do a manthan as equals. The whole idea is to first prepare a home team so we can do the manthan as equals. My idea is to do a manthan, but who on our side is going to do a manthan? I just went to the traditional, the most traditional centers of learning. I went to the Kanchi Shankaracharya and talked to his scholars, talked to the Shankaracharya, both senior and junior, for two hours on video camera, which we will uh, edit and put up. I went to the Karnataka Sanskrit University, spoke to those people. The former head of the Melkote University was there. Then I went and spoke to Sanskrit, the traditional Sanskrit universities in, in Chennai. Uh, and basically, they agreed that until now they have not had the wherewithal to even learn what the other side is saying. I engaged uh, people, two people in Delhi University, several people in the south for a fee while I was writing this project and this book to help me understand and discover what exactly the Western ideology people are saying. And after three months of activity working for me, uh, one, they came back and said we cannot understand what they are saying. One of them said, you give me a 600 page book, but, but in three months I can hardly understand the first 20 pages. So the issue, the issue of doing manthan as equal doesn't arise until we raise the standard of our own people and educate them on what the other side is saying. So the first thing they have decided to do, is the several Sanskrit uh, uh, places told me, they will take my book and turn it into several 25 to 50 page little little booklets written in Sanskrit. So each argument I'm giving, they want to turn it into Sanskrit, so Sanskrit scholars can read it in a language that they are familiar with. Then it will be a window into reading more and more details about Pollock and others. And that is when we will have a team of people who can even start a manthan as equals. Until we can do that, this idea of manthan will be a, a kind of a unfortunate thing. Because under the name of manthan, we just get digested and absorbed into the other side even more quickly. So this, this is the first uh, point I want to make. Now, regarding this idea that, uh, you know, I'm using binary opposites. Uh, yes, I'm using binary opposites because I'm doing Purvapaksha of a system which is full of binary opposites. I'll give you some examples. I'm told by, and I'll point out here, a very clear position is taken by Pollock and his old group that uh, writing comes after Buddha, Panini comes after Buddha, Valmiki comes after Buddha. The reason for bringing these dates after Buddha is to show which affects whom. So it is Buddha as the cause and these things as the effect. These things are the product of Buddhism only if they came after Buddha. So now it is, it is not a question of they can be right and we can be right. You can't be half pregnant. You either are or you are not. That is how it is. You either they are right Either they are right, in which case all these things are the result of Buddhism or these things are of ancient origin like we believe. So you have to take a very clear stand. It is a dichotomy but that is how it is. It has been framed as a dichotomy by them and you have to understand what their position is as per the Guru tradition. I can't say that, I can't convince them to stop being dichotomic. If they would not be in this dichotomy mode, we would be very happy. But that is, the rules have been made. Somebody made the route of cricket. So you will win or you will lose. It is not a month and I am going to We don't have that option. So the, the rules have been made. This kind of a discourse we must first understand. Once we succeed in toppling this, 
we can replace the world with our own discourse jab ko ye dichotomy hoi nahi and i wish we could come there achieve that but we can't wish it and and bypass all the process needed along the way so another very strong position of polak uh, uh, is that oral tradition was incapable of bringing progress orality was just mumbo jumbo hymns being recited by brahmins and there was no progress being made progress comes with writing writing comes with buddhists it all works as a system as a theory progress is impossible in the oral tradition it is only possible in writing this writing is brought by buddhists this grammar comes after buddhists and therefore buddhist intervention which is against the vedic tradition is responsible for any progress coming so this is either true or false and our uh, uh, our, our debaters are full of uh, arguing that refuting your argument it is not that uh, we kind of are in between you have a proposition the nyaya says okay you got this proposition i'm going to falsify it it is a dichotomy uh, to falsify the other position is a dichotomy very very clear in our tradition we are not ashamed of uh, taking on these things so then another position that has been taken by the other side is that uh, this uh, shastra vedas shastra sorry shastra kavya are not the same they are not uh, they are not uh, in harmony they are not in harmony there is mutual tension between shastra and kavya and kavya is into the vivarika realm this dichotomy between pramartika and vivarika is very central in polak's work he cites pico the 17th century italian philosopher who actually influenced marx and the whole marx dialectic thesis and thesis and all that is inspired by pico so he quotes pico uses his original you know latin categories and all and says that we apply these categories to understand the vedic parmartika and vivarika and then very quickly dismisses the parmartika realm as something which is not very useful and the vivarika realm is what is useful and shastra he says so there is a dichotomy in his work all the time in fact i am arguing the opposite i am saying there is something called integral unity where parmartika and vivarika are inseparable so i am not uh, supporting that dichotomy i am giving the terminology of dichotomy which i wish the opponent uses because i have to first explain what he is saying then i can give my argument so i say this is the dichotomy between parmartika and vivarika which i don't accept so i give my counter arguments and then the idea that shastra their idea idea is that shastra is incapable of advancement progress innovation creativity because all shastras are basically stuck in vedic metaphysics the shastras are stuck in vedic metaphysics so whatever the shastra may be it can only derive based on vedic assumptions and since it is based on vedic assumptions it cannot be free from those assumptions this is a very clear position now we can argue that we can see the same we accept it in which case he says that unless you reject the fourth shastra and vedic tradition to find advance as a civilization or as i argue that we give many examples and evidences of huge advancements progress creativity from within our shastra tradition and the shastra is hardly static and this so the the links between shastra and vedas are being used to claim that shastras cannot advance i argue this and the, the the statement that shastra and kavya are split up and the kavya is the road route to freedom the kavya is the route to freedom and not shastra i contest that i also contest this artificial binary divide between shastra and kavya so in fact my whole book is against the binary divide that we have been forced into but first i have to talk about it 
first I have to say there is a battle. There is a battle which has been, we are either, we are now on the defensive, unfortunately. We are on the defensive. Uh, and we have to understand how the battle is being fought, what are the rules of the game, and then we can uh, fight back. And then we can be in a situation where we can take charge of the discourse and we can put it in our own terminology. We don't have to use that terminology. We hope to be able to do that. The mere fact that I'm here speaking in English uh, is indicated that much of my audience, I mean, trying to, I'm trying to influence the audience of the English speaking in each because they are the ones who are giving million, a million of dollars grants. So I can't believe that you consider Sheldon Pollock unimportant when Indian billionaires are showering him with millions of dollars and he's going to translate 500 volumes, 10 times what Max Miller did. And if you consider him, if he's not important, then you know, we, we certainly know Max Miller was very important. Uh, and so he's doing 10 times as much is obviously very important. And we should, government showers him with Padam uh, Shiri, uh, must be important. Conrad uh, said that in this major uh, international conference he's a celebrity, must be important. Whether Kannada people know about him is maybe they don't know. But uh, Anand uh, Murthy uh, huh? and Girish uh, uh, Kannad, he, he says that his greatest friends and they are his greatest allies. Now they are important Kannada people. And Bhairappa I talked to. Bhairappa said all of all, very clearly I had conversation with Bhairappa, a Kannada major figure, who said that Pollock and these other guys are all of the same left communist lineage, very solidly in that side, and they have influenced and they have actually caused a lot of harm to people like Bhairappa, because Bhairappa could have been far more important in the, in the whole literary scene in terms of the public appreciation globally, had it not been for these guys stealing the stealing much of the limelight for him. So I don't think that you can dismiss him as somebody not important. And plus when you look at, uh, the reason I wrote this book is in the first introduction chapter. Shingeri Mutt had, was in the process of turning over its international teaching of Adi Shankara to a, such a, a set of chairs in Ivy Leagues in America where Sheldon Pollock was the head of the committee in charge of selecting the chairs. Now, if Shingeri Mutt is about four weeks away to uh, outsource its whole legacy to this man under his control, how can you say it's not so important? So, what, I don't know what else it would take if the, if the traditional Mutha had almost gone, if the government of India had already given all the awards, if the Vashya community, so you look at the Kshatriya, which is the government, has given awards, if you look at the Brahmin, which is the Shingeri, which is about to be gone uh, or at that time, and if you look at the Vashya, which is the billionaires giving money, so if they've got the Vashya, Brahmin and, and, and Chatriya on their side, I don't know what is that. So I don't believe that we can be complacent and say, okay, you know, these guys are not important. I think they are important. In fact, this is, this is the equivalent of the uh, East India Company Orientalists. This is the, uh, this is the American Orientalists come back. And so I call them Charlotte's 2.0 because the Charlotte's are back more weaponized, more armed, more uh, funded. Now, the, the, uh, the issue of uh, uh, terminology, yes, uh, I could uh, find uh, other terms than battle, but I like the term battle. I thought very long and hard. I did not want a postmodernist, boring, uh, you know, one more postmodernist uh, kind of term, problematizing the issues on Western, some boring term, I just didn't want it. I am in it for a battle because to me it is a battle 
to take the Adhikar back. It is a battle to get Shingeri Mark to commit. See, the, the, get, the battle is still not over. I mean, I don't know if Shingeri Mark reaction, what their reaction will be. They may say, who are you? It's our money. Uh, we are going to give it to this guy. Then obviously, he <laughs> will be even more powerful. I, I don't know if I've convinced them. I hope I have. All I can tell you is that 15, 16 months ago, a deal was supposed to have already been signed, implemented, money put in there, announced, chair appointed, and it hasn't happened so far. So maybe that's a good sign. Maybe this book has kind of stopped them a little bit. So it is a battle to, uh, to stop those things. And then the plan was that once Shingeri Mart has been tied up, they go to the other Marts and the various all kinds of Marts in the South India and uh, Peterhams and so on and try to get one of them each, each Ivy League retired with one of them. And so the whole future of these Marts will be represented by the Western ideology. This will be absolutely traumatic for us and therefore it is a battle for me. I mean, very battle with real time with the huge people. A battle, if people are firing at me, Angrily, these kind of people firing at me, angrily, wanting to stop the book. How can I say it's not a battle? There is evil to stop the book battle going on. You see, so, uh, and, and people, so now, uh, this, uh, what you have, whether you call it battle, whatever you call it, what you have is a, a solid nexus of power, which is outside of India. These guys run conferences, as uh, uh, Professor Bhargwaj said, and as Kodar El said, these guys run conferences, they run the journals, they are the gatekeepers of what gets published, who will, who will referee, whether your paper gets in or not. And Indians are sort of second tier, those who are traditionally loyal are second tier. And of course those who sold out are top tier. We have a lot of those guys. We have a lot of those guys looking for their money, looking for their, looking for their prestige and patronage and so on. And so if you want to break this, no uh, no colonizer has voluntarily gone in history. Colonizers don't just sort of say, okay, I was here for a picnic, I've eaten enough and I'll go pack my bag and go home. Without a battle, there is no such thing as decolonization. And a battle is an intellectual battle. It is a battle where you say, I reject this portrayal of me, I reject this RN theory. That's a battle. To, 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 to fight the RN theory is a battle. So, the issues that I'm raising here, whether it's the relationship of Vedic and Buddhism, whether it's the chronology of uh, Ramayana, uh, whether it is uh, the business of Vyavarika, uh, Paramatika can't be separated and one of them cannot be dismissed, whether it's the value of the oral tradition, uh, whether it's the creativity in the Vedas, creativity in the Shastras, whether it's the relationship between tight coupling between Shastra and Kavya, uh, all of these, uh, each one of them is a battlefront that you, you have to understand with respect, with respect, I keep saying in this book, with respect, uh, you have to understand the position of the other side and then give an important response. I will quote the dedication to this, of this book to address the concern that maybe I'm, uh, uh, I'm, I'm too much fighting against the opponents. So, this is a very interesting dedication. Dedicated to our Purva Paksha and Uttar Paksha debating tradition. With gratitude to the Purva Paksha opponents, I have learned who I learned from. So I am crediting my opponents that I learned from.
may be engaged in this intellectual yajna with mutual respect. That is my dedication. So I don't think that this that I'm coming at this battle as some kind of a hate guy. And these only people who reviewed, looked at this, told me that you are so respectful to the opponent. You're constantly going on saying these are brilliant scholars. They're very very hard working. They have a lot we can learn from. Yeah, that we should be. We just disagree on some of their premises. We have counter position. That doesn't mean there's anything personal. Constantly in my talks, I keep saying actually they're waking us up. They are actually they're doing us a favor because it is they who have encouraged what are now encouraging us to do this research which we should have done long ago. And a critic can also be your friend because he's making you aware of things that you did not notice before. So I'm actually quite appreciative and uh, of this. And we have also sent more more than enough invites. I went and met uh, Sheldon Pollock so many times in New York. Had so much coffee with him. Uh, very friendly. Uh, my, I have written saying let's have a friendly discussion. In fact, in November, I wrote to him that I am willing to put aside publishing of this book if he would like to have video discussion with me in a very friendly way. Then a series of video discussions may substitute. This is after working so hard, book is ready, it's gone to the publisher. Even then, I thought that the idea of a dialogue, a conversation live. Uh, which is videotape may actually be worth more and I even wrote that if you are willing to do a video series of video discussions with a neutral moderator it will be so important to bring these ideas together maybe we learn from each other uh, and then I can write a book or maybe we can jointly author a book I have said that in writing and he said that is not something he could do at this point in time and maybe later we could have an email uh, you know, moderated uh, debate after my book is out. So I have gone beyond what anybody on their side would ever go to in invite us. I have invited so many times, so many people to come and have conversations with us. So I don't think I am at all uh, apologetic that I am ready for battle. That's my answer.